0: Hey, Five Oaks family, thank you for joining us for worship this weekend. Uh, we're in in strange times, of course, uh, but strange in ways that I would never have expected. Uh, it, it, it seems we're, we're returning to our prayer series, but it seems like when we were doing our prayer series, that was another world and another time when we were concerned with COVID-19, uh, everything kind of focus. Uh, changed last week with the killing of George Floyd, uh, we're, and, and it, it it seemed like COVID-19 went away. It didn't, of course. We'll, we're getting back to those kinds of realities again, uh, but it just seems weird. We're getting back to our, our prayer series. We hardly had even begun, and yet it seems, and we only took one week off it of yet, at least to me, it seems like a long time ago. But we are in a prayer series on uh, learning to pray, and uh, it's working our way through various phrases within the Lord's Prayer. And two weeks ago, we looked at the phrase, uh, give us this day our daily bread. And we began a two-part sermon that takes that into account and what comes before it into account. This week we look more at what comes before it into account. Uh, the phrases of um, of your will be your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we're still framing it around this question uh, or, or about how is it that we should pray for small stuff? And last time, two weeks ago. I was in various parking lots, and the the question that comes off, up so often in the prayer literature today is, is it legitimate to pray for the small stuff, like for a good parking space? And we laid the foundation, and I said, uh, yes, but with certain conditions. And so we looked at three conditions last week. We're looking at three more conditions this week. And so the first condition that we looked at is that we should pray those kinds of prayers humbly before God, that God is big enough to care about our smallest needs. Uh, it's, It's a little strange for us to call something small and something's big, when really for God, in terms of his ability, everything is small stuff. So looking at it from that perspective, the disciples were completely able to to get their own bread for the day. We most listening here are able, completely capable of getting our own bread, and yet God says, come to that with me because there's bigger picture that's involved. A second condition is intimacy with God. I wanna be the kind of person that has such an ongoing relationship with God that I'm praying about the big stuff, but I'm also praying about simple things like, oh, there's a parking spot, You know, hold it for me, uh, Lord. That, that kind of a prayer, uh, that is the kind of relationship that I want to have with God. If you haven't seen the sermon from two weeks ago, I uh, want to encourage you to go back and take a look at that. The third condition for praying small prayers is that we do so in partnership with God. Remembering that we are junior partners in God's kingdom work. That if we're only praying sm- about the small stuff, we're missing out on what God has called us to and the kind of prayer that God has called us to. We are his junior partners in his kingdom work. So today we're going to look at three more conditions about praying for the small stuff. Again, focusing on the kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, and before we do that, uh, we, are, we are going to uh, pray together the prayer of illumination, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us and teach us and move us and motivate us. And then we will have uh, various people uh, reading specifically this week. It will be uh, some of our school teachers, people in the education field who are gonna be reading the scripture to you. So um, let's get ready for prayer. Today's prayer of illumination is based on 2 Thessalonians chapter two. Please read the underlined portions with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word remind us that we are not just looking to letters on a page but to your words given to us help us to believe and to receive your truth by your spirit grant us understanding soften our hearts and give us eyes to see transform us and equip us to follow you and to bear fruit for your glory and for the sake of your kingdom in jesus name amen second chronicles seven eleven through 14 when solomon had finished the temple of the lord in the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do at the temple of the lord and his own palace the lord appeared to him at night and said I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and that will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Matthew 6, 9-13 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us for our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, we looked at three conditions for praying small prayers that are legit last week. Now, the fourth condition is that we pray centered on God. Our lives need to be centered on God. Jesus tells us to pray for daily bread, but he tells us to pray for bread from a life perspective that is centered on God, uh, 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 a perspective that's centered on God's glory and on his kingdom and on his purposes. When our prayers, our small prayers for small things, are not centered on God and on his kingdom and his purposes and his glory, what happens is our prayers get out of balance and they get out of whack. When Lois and I moved here to our Prescott home back in um, September, I think, uh, of last year, we brought the washing machine and dryer from our house in Woodbury uh, because they were basically brand new we we couldn't see just leaving that with the house and and going with the old ones that were here or buying new ones uh all together to begin with so various things had to be connected we had to have the uh we had a plumber come in and he connected the gas line and the water line and the drain lines and all those kinds of things and he balanced everything the way that it needed to be balanced and he left he ran it everything was fine but when we started washing clothes what happened was by the time we would get to the spin cycle uh, the racket that would come from our washing machine was so loud that we were absolutely certain our neighbors were going to call the police on us I mean it is it was it was so loud and so disturbing uh, for us but especially I would think for them and so we it, I tried to fix it but This thing is really heavy, and you may not be able to see, but there's a pan under there that gets in the way. There was hardly any way of being able to to pull it up. So we called the plumber, he came back, uh, he knows how to work these things, he balanced it for us, and everything began to work correctly again. Now, when we pray, the way that Jesus taught us to pray, it reminds us, by the time we get to the part about asking for daily bread, It reminds us that even in the small stuff, by the time we get to the small stuff, you spend a lot of time centering on God's kingdom and God's will. So it reminds us that even as we pray for the small stuff, it needs to be a prayer that is centered on God. When it's not centered on God, it becomes imbalanced. And when it becomes imbalanced, our prayers get out of whack. When our prayers shift God away from the center, where he belongs. Our hearts get out of whack and shaky. The small things become bigger than they ought to be in our hearts. What begins to drive our prayers under those conditions? Well, things like convenience, our own reputation, comfort, pleasure, self. Those things move to the center and we push God to the periphery. It's a recipe for frustration and for fear, anxiety, and anger, and discord. It leads to broken relationships that arise from a self-centered life. And on top of all that, it dishonors God. We're going to look at the next two conditions uh, under different conditions. I actually filmed these two weeks ago, or a week ago, uh, when it was a lot cooler and overcast, so let's look at the fifth condition now the fifth condition necessary in praying for small things is trusting god we need to pray in faith with faith believing that god can of course this is true of all praying the gospels underscore the absolute necessity and importance of faith when we pray when jesus went to his hometown and they didn't believe in him. Here's what the Gospel of Mark has to say. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. But that reality has to be weighed over against what Jesus says about just having a little tiny bit of faith. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive out the demon? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Then there's this beautiful exchange between a man who's brought his son to Jesus to be healed of a demon. If you can do anything, Take pity on us, the man said. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Taken together, what do you think Jesus is looking for? Stop and discuss uh, this with those you're watching or reflect on it if you're alone. And because faith is so important in prayer, trusting God is so important in prayer, Jesus wanted us to get some perspective on this. And part of the way that he gave perspective is that he told us to pray to God as father, father in heaven. And he wanted us to understand what kind of father we're praying to. So quite likely he pointed at some fishermen in the distance and he said this, which of you if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him tim keller commenting on this passage makes an excellent point here you have a father who is if i can say the word reverently driven by a greater passion for joy and fulfillment of his children than any parent on earth has ever been. That's pretty amazing. And yet this parent is an omnipotent parent. This father is an all powerful father. That means if you understand he is a heavenly father, when you come asking, give us this day our daily bread, there will be an enormous confidence. The sixth and last condition necessary in praying for small things is being yielded to God. Before we request bread, there are three other requests in this prayer. That God's name be hallowed, that his kingdom come, and that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In their book on the Lord's Prayer, William Willimon and Stanley Hauerwas, Make the point that kingdoms have boundaries. Right behind me you can see a bridge and it's the bridge that marks the boundary between Minnesota and Wisconsin and normally there's very little difference between Minnesota and Wisconsin. You cross over that bridge there are probably just as many uh, Minnesota Vikings fans over there as on this other side uh, of the bridge on the Minnesota side. But right now there is a big difference because people are streaming over this bridge in order to go to downtown Wisconsin so that they can have the pleasure of eating a meal at a restaurant. Uh, We were in one of the local establishments here just the other night, uh, set up with social distancing, outdoor eating. And it's a place that we frequent and we've gotten to know uh, our waiter uh, over time. And he had a big smile on his face and he said, it's fun to be serving someone that I actually know instead of people just coming over from Minnesota. Earthly kingdoms have boundaries, and that's true for Jesus' kingdom as well. Jesus even repulsed more people away from his kingdom than he attracted. Think about that for a moment. Jesus' boundaries weren't physical, like state lines. They weren't according to race or nationality or economic class or power or privilege. The boundary was marked by yielding to Jesus as king. Yielding means coming humbly before the Father like a tax collector who couldn't even lift up his eyes towards heaven, but admitted that he was a sinner and Jesus said he went home righteous that day. Yielding means being poor in spirit and meek and being a peacemaker. Yielding means uh, putting faith in what Jesus did on the cross for our sakes, for, for our sin. In the words of Jesus, he came to die as a ransom for many Yielding means following Jesus, becoming his disciple, following his will and his way and setting aside our will and our way. Uh, yielding means seeking justice uh, and mercy. Uh, justice for people like, uh, like George Floyd and for those who lost their businesses in rioting uh, that destroyed not only their businesses, but their very livelihood. Yielding means Remain remembering and joining Jesus in his mission to the world, Uh, remembering his words to his disciples and to us and to us, his final words before his departure. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're introducing a new tool this week. Uh, that It's a tool that many of you are already using, and it's called praying for your top five. As part of my personal prayer habit, I don't consider my prayer time to have actually been completed on any given day if I don't pray for my top five. Uh, the top five are the five people in my life at least five people or about five people who i know many of them i love very dearly who are very far from god they've not received the grace that jesus offers what he did on the cross for them now i say top five kind of like i say my top five movies There are probably about 12 or 13 movies in my top five i probably have one that stands out but then my second place might be shared by four or five uh, so this isn't a strict number it's it's a it 's a general number to be thinking about people in your life who you want to be praying for daily regularly uh, for them to come to know Jesus and for yourself uh to play a role in that in whatever role that God is calling you to you know we 're called to make disciples and calling being called to make disciples means helping. People become disciples, become new disciples, follow Jesus. Uh, And prayer plays plays an incredibly uh, important role in uh, bringing people to Jesus, in introducing people to Jesus. At the very least, prayer reminds us that we have a role in that as we pray we are reminded we become mindful and we become much more noticing of how God might be working in people's lives prayer at the very least helps us uh, about the top five prayer helps us remember this can't happen without God without the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit actually working through us remember we are junior partners In God's kingdom work, and this is a very central aspect of God's kingdom work, but it's more than just doing the least. Prayer also unleashes the power of God, God the Holy Spirit, in our lives so that we can be more effective in sharing Christ and be appropriately bold in sharing the good news of the gospel. Remember, we're not called to make deciders for Jesus. We're called to make disciples who follow Jesus. It's not about trying to make a sale. It's about helping people become followers for life. That requires a greater long-term investment in people's lives and greater power. And so I want to encourage you to go to our website, to the sermon page, and download the sermon application guide if you haven't already, and use the link that's on there in order to download this prayer tool. It will train you on how to use the tool and how to pray for people in your life who are far from God. Now, I can share with you from personal experience. When you start praying like this daily, it's amazing how many opportunities to talk about faith issues and to share your faith story begin to present themselves in your daily life. I know that's something you want. Everyone who has gotten to know Jesus wants that for other people, for them to come to know Jesus and experience his grace as well. And he's called us to share that. God has called us to share the good news of the gospel. It's not just something that we do because God has called us to, but because we understand it's something that we want for the people that we love and care for. It's something that we want for our friends. It's something that we want for our family, for anyone who is far from God who hasn't received his grace and his forgiveness and the life that he offers and so we take the bread now remembering that christ's body was broken for us we share that message that's the message that we get to share christ's body was broken for us so please take the bread remembering christ's body broken for you We take the cup, remembering his blood shed for the remission of our sins. Drink the cup, remembering his blood shed for you. Now, if you have children with you, please pray the blessing that'll be on the screen in the next few moments.